Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 69. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today, and every single day that you are tuning in, my friends, I have an amazing episode for you today. I had the honor of chatting with life coach and certified spiritual coach, Bianca Ward. So we connected on social media. Bianca has such beautiful energy, and we had an incredible chat really about all things related to a spiritual awakening, spirituality, angel numbers, signs from angels. Bianca actually opens up about a lot of her crazy experiences in childhood where she had some psychic prediction moments. She also had encounters with angels throughout her life. So she opens up about that, which is fascinating. I share a little bit about my story and experience of being clairaudience as a child. And we really just had a great chat about how to navigate a spiritual awakening, what it feels like knowing that you're not alone going through that process, and things that you can do to help you on your spiritual journey. So Bianca is a beautiful soul. I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode and to really hear about us, get into everything and anything related to a spiritual awakening. So if you are someone out there that's kind of going through that now, just know that you are not alone, okay? Um, we've certainly both been in that position before. So I hope that you enjoy today's episode, my friends. I just want to quickly say that if you are interested, you can still sign up for my 21-day mindset manifestation course. It's 50% off now throughout the rest of the holiday season. So definitely hop on that discount. This is the perfect course if you're looking to manifest your fitness goals, learning how to do that within a span of 21 days. So it's three weeks totally dedicated to you reframing your mindset and your inner games that you can align with your goals. People have loved this course. It's super transformative. There's over 200 affirmations that you can use for manifesting. I have guided meditations in the course. There's daily journaling prompts. There's daily lessons and opportunities for reflection. So it's very powerful and it's very transformative and it's an amazing deal. And I wanted to give you guys a great chance for that. So if you're interested, you can uh, click the link below. Use the code philosophy50 at checkout to receive 50% off the mindset course. But Enough of me rambling. Without further ado, my friends, you know what to do. Go ahead and stay tuned. All right. Welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, everyone. Today, I am joined with Bianca Ward. Bianca, welcome. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on. I have a love-hate relationship with social media because I feel like it's... I don't know what, what it is lately. I've been so absorbed and just mindless scrolling, which is a whole piece in itself. But I love that it brings people like us together because I I think I messaged you from the second I saw your profile. I was like, you have such good energy. So I'm really excited to uh, to chat with you today. You did. That was so nice of you. And I feel the same way like about social media. And I often find myself having to take breaks because it's just like overload. Like I feel like I'm watching commercials constantly. Yeah, it's really bad, especially with TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok at all, but I find myself at night before bed. Even last night, I was like, oh my God, I just wasted an hour and a half scrolling on TikTok. And I'm like, that's the last thing that's happening. You know, before I go to sleep, I'm like, I'm really trying to kind of limit my screen time because I feel like it's just, uh, it's such an endless abyss. But also at the same time, it helps people connect with each other and share information. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, but yeah, it is. I kind of feel like I also have like a love-hate relationship with social media, but I find myself doing the same thing, but like on Pinterest. Cause oh, so really? Yes, yeah. I'm like so bad on Pinterest. And so I've really been trying to not be on social media as much, which isn't really a challenge for me because I feel like a lot better. I feel more grounded and focused when I'm not on social media. So it's yeah. been good. 
Yeah, me too. I I need to maybe set. I used to set limits on Instagram. I don't know if you could you knew you could do that, but you can set I you did. know forty five minutes, an hour, whatever you want to do. I might start doing that again because I was really good with it for a little while in September. I was like, let me take a break, and then I was great. And now I'm like mindlessly scrolling again. So I'm kind of just you know trying to get myself uh, back out of that trap, which is a whole other rabbit hole. Um, but what I really wanted to kind of just chat with you about today is spiritual awakening, spirituality. It's become such a common topic of discussion, which I think is awesome, which is another reason why I love social media is because so many people are becoming so much more outspoken about their journey. And I'm really curious what your journey looked like, because I know everybody has sort of an interesting trajectory of what led them um, to waking up, so to speak. So I'd love to hear about that. Yes. So my awakening journey actually started my freshman year of college, which was like five years ago. And so my freshman year, I went through this huge breakdown phase where I had so many issues with um, just like relationships, codependency problems. I was severely depressed. I was on antidepressants at the time. I was having health issues like I had a um, undiagnosed illness and it was lupus I found out later on but I actually had to go to the hospital all the time for that and for my anxiety problems like I quite literally was having like three panic attacks every single day like I literally couldn't just like get out and function oh my god yeah it was it was bad and also at my college I went to Penn State and I had a scholarship at the time so like there were recommended um I mean, required like meetings that I had to go to all the time. So there was just a lot of pressure on me to have to do well in school. I was like a first generation college student too. So it was just yeah a lot of things that I had to deal with. And I really didn't know how to work through those things at the time. But that kind of breakdown phase is what led me to start trying to connect more with my soul, trying to answer the questions that I had. I had a lot of questions about like, what is my purpose? Why am I in college? Why am I here? Why are these things showing up for me in my life? And how can I start to use those things to empower myself? And I had this experience that year really where I was in this class that was supposed to be about biological sciences but the class really is more based in questioning and self-discovery, trying to figure out the answers to like why you're here on the planet. And that's how I really started to focus more on spirituality and doing things that make me happy. And that really was like the first beginning phase of my awakening journey. And from that journey, I've had several different awakenings because I think that's important to say Um, Because a lot of people, like I think on social media too, when we hear about spirituality, people kind of talk about an awakening as like this one critical moment that you have in your life, but different challenges that you have can lead to different kinds of awakenings. Like if you're, say if like you have a death in the family, or if you're like me, like you have a near death experience, like things like that can bring on those types of awakening phases as well. Wow. There's so much to unpack with what you just said. I think it's really interesting that a college course brought that that out in you. What was yeah. what was that? Biology? Yes, it was supposed to be it's called BiSide 3 at Penn State and it's supposed to be an environmental science class. So it's about like figuring out more about yourself and then how you relate to the whole of wow. like science and the earth and all those things, but 
it's unlike any other class I've ever taken in my entire life. There are no exams. Everything's, um, everything is based around like the labs that you have to go to every week with your group. So you get assigned a lab group of like 12 students. And then you also have to do like these little activities with your TA every single week and with the rest of your lab group. And then you also have these, um, they're called unexams three times out of the semester where you just like show up to class and they ask you a couple of questions and like you have to answer them as best as you can. Wow. And then everything else is based around journaling that you have to do. So you have like two or three journal prompt things that you have to fill out every single week. And you're literally graded based on like how deep you're able to like go into trying to figure out the answers without actually having to have the answers. Wow. That sounds like a, a dream class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's my yeah. favorite class ever. And I actually, the next year, my sophomore year, I was able to become a TA for that class. And then that really is what got me into like understanding that I could do coaching because I used to coach students throughout like my yeah. life that I had every single week. Yeah. Wow. I love that little, you know, journey of what kind of led you to where you are. And there's something else you said that stuck out to me, which I think is so important for people to remember is we don't, we aren't just awake one day and then it's like, okay, the work is done. I'm good. Like I'm awake now. I'm in the awakened club. Like it, that's, it's so funny because I feel like it's really easy to get caught in that trap of thinking that that's what it is, but it's like a never ending journey. And to your point too, of different awakenings you can have in your life. Like I've had, I had my initial awakening back in 2019. And from there, it's just been this like never ending journey of self-discovery where I've like done shadow work. And I'm like, oh, this is why I showed up with, like with this pattern in a relationship, like all these different kinds of things you start to learn about yourself. And it's like the work is never done. That's something that I've learned. And I'm sure you've kind of seen with yourself and even clients you've worked with. It's like it's a never ending journey. Yeah, it really is. It takes a lot of self-commitment to be able to do that. You know, you have to do the inner work or everything kind of just like falls to the wayside and you're just sitting with all of your problems and you're not really allowing yourself to have the opportunity to grow and evolve. Yeah. Which I think is the whole point of spirituality anyway. Yeah. Never ending evolution. Right. I think that's, that's like such a core part of it. And um, I'm kind of curious for you too. What was, I know you said the biology class was a huge part of it, but I know for some of us, like for me, the first thing that sort of tipped me off to it was watching the documentary, the secret. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's very popular. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yes. that that was actually so that was back in 2013. And I know some people talk about false awakenings. And I kind of think that was a false awakening for me because I was like, oh, the law of attraction thoughts become things. And I had this very basic understanding where I literally I was like, I can't even think a negative thought. I'm going to undo everything and then I'm not going to manifest what I want. And I would just like walk around with this terrible mindset. Um, but that was like the first thing that sort of, you know, I guess, struck a chord with me, like something within me resonated with that. So then I would start, you know, journaling and visualizing. Was there something for you that was like that, like meditation maybe or visualizing, or was it more so kind of that like contemplative uh, journaling that you had done with your class? So it really was a combination of the journaling. It was looking into different kinds of like spiritual texts. So my background, I've always had a lot of kind of like, I guess, how people label those kind of crazy, illogical, spiritual experiences. I've always been in tune with those things, even as a child. But I grew up going into like Catholic schooling. And so that kind of 
that journey of having to do that kind of like suppressed a lot of my own gifts. And so when I started going through my awakening journey, I really tried to figure out how I could use those kind of like psychic gifts to be able to help myself and then also help other people. So it was a combination of looking into the text, figuring out what I can learn there, um, the journaling and doing anything I could that I felt like was creative that was going to help me connect with my soul. So like, yes, that included things like meditation, yoga, things like that. Yeah, so it really was like a bunch of things at one time. Yeah, I think it was for a lot of us. It definitely was for me, too. It wasn't like there was just one thing. Um, can you open up a little bit about your psychic experience that you had when you were a kid? Yes, 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 yes. So, okay, ever since I was really young, I used to have these experiences where, like, I could see, like, these little orbs. And it used to freak me out sometimes, like, when I was little, because I used to, like, sometimes I would have moments where, like, other people around me weren't really seeing them when I was little. And I used to have other experiences, too, where, like, I could just meet a person and I would happen to know certain experiences that they had been through, like before they even told wow. me what their name was, or I had this happen in school a lot too. I would have dreams about certain people and then I would literally go to class the next day and that person would be in my class. And oh my I would God. be like, oh, like, <laughs> what is this? Um, but it was really difficult for me not being around other people who were having those kinds of experiences. Um, yeah. and also some of them were a little creepy as well too. So yeah. for example, I remember, and I'll never forget this moment because it's only been more magnified, like as I get older, but now I can understand it more. When I was in fourth grade, right. I had this computer teacher. Her name was Mrs. Gallagher. She's not going to mind me saying that. <laughs> okay. So I remember sitting in the class when she was teaching something about like, how to memorize like the keyboard. And I thought to myself in my mind, I don't know why it came up. I just thought like, oh my gosh, Miss Gallagher's mama is going to die tomorrow. And I was like, and I really didn't think about it too much. I, it literally was just like a thing that was in my mind. And then I kind of just was like, okay, that's kind of weird, but all right, whatever. And then I just went back to like what she was teaching about the keyboard. Lo and behold, the next day, Miss Gallagher was not there when I came to computer class, and they said that Miss Gallagher's mom had died that morning. And oh I was God. like, uh, and I remember I was so afraid of that that when I went home to my mom, I was like crying. And I told her, I was like, oh my God, like I had like a thought that her mom was gonna die. Did that, did my thought like cause her death? Like I was like having a breakdown. Oh. And it wasn't until years later when I was older that I was able to really reflect on that experience and, and come to terms with like maybe why that came up for me. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? I think kids are so in tune to those things and it's a real shame because I feel like a lot of society, I, I have a similar upbringing um, where, you know, I was raised Catholic and I went to Catholic high school. So it was kind of like, you know, sort of strip that stuff away. Um, but yeah, I think kids are in tune to stuff. And as you get older, unfortunately, you lose touch with it. Like I'll, I'll share an experience that I had. And I've, I've told my mom this and she's still like freaked out to this day. But in my childhood house, this was when I was really young, like maybe like, I don't know, four years old or something. 
Um, I always used to, when she would put me to bed, I used to tell her, oh, okay, it's bedtime. This is when the other family comes into the house. And I would, as I was falling asleep, like, and I would be fully awake, I would lay down in my bed and it almost sounded like a radio tuning. Like it was like disembodied voices, like all kind of happening at once. And it was like somebody was kind of um, tuning a radio, but it never scared me. It was like oddly comforting. Um, but every, every night I would hear that as a kid and I would tell my mom, like, this is when the other people come in the house. Cause I would literally hear these voices. And at the time she was like, Oh my God, is she schizophrenic? Like, is something wrong? And I'm like, in hindsight now, I'm like, I was definitely clairaudient. And I think I kind of, as I got older, lost sight of that. And I think it's also why to this day I need to sleep with like a fan on and have some kind of noise. (laughs) I can't sleep in silence, but, um, yeah, I think kids are definitely in tune. Yeah, I'm like the same way. Also, by the way, side note about the fan. Yeah. Like I have my fan on now. I like <laughs> need that kind of yeah. background noise. But that's really awesome that you, you had that experience though, because I agree, like kids really are in tune with things. And I think it's because they're not flooded with as much of years worth of like conditioning mm-hmm. the same way that other people are. So they're able to kind of drop down and center in into that part of themselves more. Yeah. It makes me wonder, too, if if adults, we, if we all just decided to kind of shave all of our stress off and really become back in tune, if people would start to rediscover abilities, because even some of my friends that I've talked to, like have seen things when they were kids. And um, even I think, you know, people talk about imaginary friends. I don't I don't think they're imaginary friends. I think that they're, you know, maybe from another dimension or there are people that have passed on that kids are have the capacity to see. I agree. I always believe that as well, too. Like, I believe in, like, ghosts and, like, other yeah. things. I think kids definitely also, a lot of the time, they connect with angels and don't know that they're connected with angels either. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big one. But I do believe that we don't necessarily, like, lose our ability to be able to do things. We just kind of have to relearn how to be able to do it. Yeah. I think that's so true. It's kind of just like coming back to who you are rather than seeking something else that you don't have yet. Because we have it all within. But like you said, our society strips it away and we lose sight of it. And yeah, it really does make you wonder if if we all just decided to kind of come back to ourselves, you know, where that would take us. Have you had any experiences with angels or ETs or anything like that or just ghosts? Yes. Yes. Girl, I could write a book. (laughs) Let me tell you. So... I've had so many um, angelic experiences and actually I work with angels a lot with my coaching work that I do and helping people as well. Um, I love connecting with angels. Like I said about um, the orbs. So I didn't know it at the time, but like that was my version of being able to see angels sometimes when I was younger. I've also had some experiences in the past where there was this one time when I was very um, depressed and like anxious, kind of just not grounded. And I really was contemplating suicide at that point in my life. And I remember when I was on campus, this was during that breakdown phase, like in college, I had this experience where I swear to you, there was no one else that was like around me. It was late at night outside and as I was having these thoughts in my mind, I started to feel something moving like my body forward. Like something started literally pushing my body forward. It wasn't, it wasn't aggressive. It was very gentle, but it was a force moving me. 
And I knew very clearly in my mind, like, you need to walk back to your room, walk back to your room. Yeah. And I just literally kept getting pushed down the pavement. I have chills right now. All the way. Oh my God. Over. And something just told me like in that moment, like those are your angels right now, literally telling you to stop. Like it's going wow. to be okay. You're all right. They were like moving me out of literally that physical space because had I not moved out of there, like anything could have happened. I was so just like frazzled and it's kind of counteractive because the medication that I was on was actually like amplifying those thoughts that I was having. It wasn't helping me, you know, not everyone receives like um, medication well. And it, Mm -hmm. that the kind that I was on just wasn't helpful for me. It was really making it worse. Um, But that was like my first real experience where I was like, with 100% certainty, never questioned, never doubted, angels are real. And Mm. I learned later on that angels can intervene in your 3D world and do things like that if you're close to like death or you have a a near-death experience. And when I heard about that, I was like, oh my God, okay, so I'm not the only person that has experienced something like this. So yeah. from that moment on, I've, I've always had these, these different kinds of experiences when working with angels in my 3D world where, for example, like on a call with a woman one time, I happened to see like, sometimes I can see things like in my mind's eye, like I'm fully awake. You know how like you can visualize yeah. with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. So sometimes on a call, I'll get very specific visualizations of things that have happened in the past or things that are going to happen in the very near future with people that I'm working with. And I only share those things if I know that I'm called to in that moment. Like yeah. I feel like those angels, they give me those visualizations so that I can understand the pain and the hurt and the areas where that person is most needing the healing. And then I can work with them on it. Yeah. Um, and I saw one time on this call with this girl, I saw her standing in her room and very clearly there was an angel that was around her. But the visualization that I had of the angel was like very huge. Like it had beautiful wings and I saw this angel standing next to her and it was trying to like hold and comfort her and she was upset. And so I happened to like bring this up on the call with this girl at this time. I was more so just kind of working in the life coaching realm. I wasn't incorporating the spirituality into my work. So this girl had no idea my background with any of this stuff. And she, I told her what I saw because I knew that I needed to say that to her in that moment. Like I didn't feel comfortable, not like the idea of right. not telling her felt like Bianca, don't do that. You're supposed to say this for a reason. So I trusted it. And when I told her, she just started crying on the phone call. And when she finally kind of like gathered herself after about a minute or two of crying, she was like, I needed to hear that today. All day, I've been in my room crying, and the only thing I kept saying to myself was, Angel, please be with me, because she oh says she believes God. she has a guardian angel, and she's been disconnected from 
working with her angels and God because she was having a difficult time. So she was starting to doubt the existence of those things. And she was like, just you telling me that shows me, okay, like my angels can hear me, like they're there with me. So I thought that was like, oh my God, beautiful experience. So, and especially since she didn't even know you had the spiritual component too. I mean, that's, you're definitely tapped in. It sounds like (laughs) you are very much tapped in. It's crazy too, because sometimes it does take being at an absolute breaking point and being at that low point to realize that you're being looked after and that you're being protected. And even to, to start questioning your existence and to start questioning like your purpose and your meaning in life, like that's what it took for me back in 2019 was reaching the absolute lowest point of my life literal rock bottom. And then from there, I I finally found myself again. And it was through spirituality and, you know, trusting myself and exploring and questioning everything, deconstructing things like that was the biggest thing for me when I sort of had my first awakening, so to speak, was just like questioning everything around me. I'm like, well, why is why is society this way? Why do we do the things that we do? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I showing up the way that I am? And it was just this like, Oh my gosh. It's like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. That's how I try to explain it to people. It's like, once you've had an awakening, you can't go back to the old way of being. And I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but I think about like how I used to be a few years ago. I'm like, I could never go back to speaking to myself that way again, or, you know, walking around without a, without a purpose or without any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do know exactly what you mean. Like, I feel the same way. I was actually having this conversation with my friend the other day, and he's very, like, tapped in. He's had really, really out there experiences with, like, other beings and things as yeah. well. And we were both saying that just because of everything that's going on in the world right now, like, it's getting crazy out here. And so many people are becoming awakened. And I think there are a lot of people who are getting to that point where they're having to decide if they're going to continue to, you know, open themselves up and work on the things that are being presented to them, or if they're just going to kind of turn a blind eye. Yeah. I think the whole world right now is kind of going through a mass awakening. It's like, you know, it's the, the pain and the pressure is usually what's a catalyst for it. And it's unfortunate, obviously what's going on is, is, it's horrible and it's it's been a crazy past two years, but there's so many people now that have woken up to their truth and have, you know, really started to question how things are. And all of us that are, are questioning how things are, like we are the future now to kind of build the world that, that we want and to raise the vibration. And um, especially like with what you're doing is to help other people raise their vibration and, and like realize that in themselves, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what has your coaching process been? I know you mentioned that you were a life coach first. When did you decide that you wanted to incorporate um, your angel work, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, into it? Yeah. So I figured that out my junior year of college. So at that point, I was already coaching for about a year and a half. And I decided that I wanted to incorporate that because it was such a normal aspect of my everyday life. Like, my prayer sessions, and just the fact that the more that I have these experiences, the more that I open myself up to it. And the more that I do that, the more I'm able to use these things to help other people. And it really felt like I was doing myself and also the world a disservice if I wasn't going to be able to allow myself to use those things. Because at the end of the day, it is my own business. So the only person who's going to stop me from being able to do that is myself. And that didn't Mm -hmm. feel like that was the right thing for me to do. 
Yeah. And it's also a gift. Like that is a, a God-given gift to be able to, you know, see what you do and, and feel what you do is so tremendously valuable. And it's like, I always say this too, you know, science and reason can't explain everything. There's so many things that um, that exist around us and within us that we, we can't articulate, but, you know, they're there. I had an experience recently where I do this kind of ritual every day when I'm driving where I say what I'm grateful for out loud and I talk to God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. So I had asked for like a very specific sign. I said, God, can you please give me a sign of a yellow flower if I am meant to you know, pursue my path on social media and, and everything that I'm doing right now. And and I, I let it be, you know, I let it go. I didn't think anything about it. I was like, okay, I set my intention. And then I come home that night and I put on a Netflix movie and there's a guy that comes to the door with like a flower bouquet for his girlfriend and there's one yellow flower in it. And I was like, if that is not a sign, I don't know what is. I'm like, once you open yourself up to it, like angel numbers too, I see constantly to the point now where yes. I'm like, universe, what what's the message I'm supposed to be getting? Because it's like I see all of them all the time. But mm-hmm. that's amazing. Like that's how I I really started out too. Like when I started to really um, explore like angels and spirituality, God um, outside of like my religious mm-hmm. schooling background, because I had like the same experience, like seeing angel numbers and stuff all of the time, and. I used to try to figure out like, okay, well, what does all of this stuff mean? Like, what are you trying to tell me? But I've noticed that the more that I start to open myself up to those things, the more that I pay attention to those numbers is really when I started having more of those experiences with them, like in the 3D world. And the more that I started trying to like pray to angels is when I noticed those things start to happen more so. You know, because they will show up to you, you know, the way that you understand them, right? Like if you, if your idea of an angel is seeing like a blue orb, if they want to show themselves to you, they're going to show up as a blue orb. Like in your experience, you ask to see a yellow flower. So they're like, okay, here I am. Here's your yellow flower, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I kind of say, too, you know, it's so beyond coincidence. It's so beyond any mathematical probability or anything, because so many people will say, oh, it's a coincidence. It's no big deal. But when you're seeing that or if I'm seeing five, 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 eight, 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 eleven, eleven, like all these numbers constantly every day, I'm like, thank you. I know I'm tuned in. But now I'm like, well, what's the message? Because I'm seeing all of them all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, in those moments, it is really helpful, like, even when you just see the number pop up to just, like, take a second, take a couple of deep breaths and literally ask, okay, like, angels, like, what do you want me to know? And sometimes you will very clearly, like, I know you said that you're a clairaudient, you don't be scared if you literally hear words come up in your mind after you say that. Yeah. Because that can happen, too. I think a big part of it, too, I I speak for myself and I'm sure other people out there that have had similar experiences is there's still that little bit of fear because, you know, I think some of it is is from society, too, where you might be deemed as crazy for hearing things or, or seeing things. And so there's a part of me in the back of my mind. I think deep down, I know that if I were to really like let it happen, that I could I could go back to that ability that I had as a kid. But there is that part of me that's afraid to be, you know, hearing things coming through. But, you know, now I, I even in meditation, I receive downloads and that's that's not like hearing anything. I don't really know how to kind of put a download into words, but it sounds like you've shared kind of that experience as well. Right. 
Yeah, I have downloads all the time. I know exactly what you mean. And that's another thing, too. Like, I was afraid of this stuff a lot, like, when it first started happening to me. And even now, like, even though I work with these things, like, sometimes things will still happen and, like, I might get a little startled. Yeah. I still have moments where I'm like, this stuff is so much, you know? But you're allowed to go as far with these things as you want to, you know? Like, something doesn't make you feel comfortable you don't have to do that and also your angels know and respect boundaries as well yeah you know so if if you know hearing certain things just doesn't (laughs) you know it doesn't feel comfortable or good for you then you're allowed to just like say that you know and then you won't hear them yeah find other ways to show up for you that make you feel comfortable whether that's like sending you numbers or if you start seeing other kinds of like signs that's a great point normal yeah because I feel like a lot of people especially if you're someone that's early on in your spiritual journey you could get spooked by that pretty easily and then something like that could put you off of even wanting to dive inward more or like seeking guidance but it's so true I mean there's it kind of just depends on the person like what resonates with you like even conversations that you overhear I've noticed that too like I'll very synchronistically hear a conversation about like exactly what I'm needing. Like a few years ago, I was at the beach and it was in the process of me, like just starting my podcast. And, you know, I was like, "Ah, I need to make a website. I'm really not sure, you know, what to do, where to go. And so this is a prime example of a sign because I kind of, I didn't even ask for it, but I guess I subconsciously did because I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went to the beach and there was a guy sitting like 10 feet over from me and he was talking so loud. He was talking all about, yeah, this is how you make a domain name on GoDaddy. This is exactly how I started my website. This is the process for like launching a newsletter, like all this stuff. And I was like, universe, thank you. Like he just, I was taking notes on my phone as he was talking. I couldn't believe it. Yes, that's so amazing. I'm really happy that you had that experience. Like I love hearing when people have like synchronicities happen in their lives. Yeah, me too. Do you have any that you've had recently that have kind of blown your mind? Yeah, you know what? The most recent thing that has happened to me lately is just really just being able to listen to my intuition and seeing where that's going to guide me because I had an experience um, this past weekend where I intuitively felt kind of like I was in a situation that didn't feel 100% safe. Like it nothing happened like in the real world that would make mm-hmm. me logically feel that way but something inside of me just didn't feel right like before I um went out over the weekend I had this just this intuitive feeling um ahead of time like I had plans of doing something else but something told me like I needed to kind of shift my plan and like go somewhere else, do something else, be with like a different person. Um, and I found out later that like that really was the better route for me to go because yeah. something not good happened wow. the other way around. So I was like, okay, okay. And it was even more interesting too, because when I was trying to um, plan that like the event thing out with one of my friends, my friend even said something to me. She was like, for some reason, when I think about this, I get a really bad feeling. And wow. I was like, that's so weird. Cause me too. <laughs> yeah. Intuition never lies. It really never lies. Like yeah. I think about in my life too, 
past relationships that I've had where I always kind of just said, oh, I'm just anxious about it. It's no big deal. I'll just ignore it. But every time that every time in my life that I have ignored my intuition, I have been proven wrong. Like things have ended in disaster, Um, even like trips that I went on, like there was, you know, I've had so many experiences where it's like that gut feeling is telling you, no, like, don't don't go there. Do not do this. And um, and then it it turns out to be true. But it's like, yeah, that's another thing, too, with spirituality is like intuition is so powerful. It's such a powerful tool. And the more that you trust it, it sounds like the stronger that it's getting for you, too. Yes, it does. It definitely does. And it really is a, a process learning how to trust yourself. And it really is hard too, like how you're saying, like when you have anxiety sometimes, like it's easy to get into your mind and say, oh, it's it's just my anxiety. Like yeah. I'm just overthinking things. But I've noticed in my own life and with the people I've been able to connect with and things I've heard from other people as well, it seems like the people who really struggle with things like anxiety, depression, other mental health kind of challenges tend to be the people who have a easier time though accessing their intuition like when they're really in their intuition like they can hear it loud and clear and I find that to be very interesting wow that is interesting but I guess it makes sense you know someone who's anxious or depressed is probably more in tune with their emotions to begin with so um yeah wow that's really interesting to think about Yeah, I I also feel like part of it might be too, because it's like, I think when something really strong happens on like, the negative end of things, there's an equally strong thing happening on the positive end of it, right? Like if you're really struggling with your anxiety, and you often get in your mind, it makes sense to me that you're also going to be a person that when you access your intuition, it's really strong, or you just naturally are a very intuitive person. It's almost like you have this this strong kind of challenge that's giving you the opportunity to be able to be in tune with that gift that you have. Yeah. It's almost like a blessing in disguise because even people that are anxious too are, I'm sure are are mostly empaths, you know, to a, a great extent, you know, people that are very sensitive to the emotions of people around them. And I would consider myself to be somewhat of an empath too. Like I can enter a room and before people even say something, I'm like, I can I can tell like this person's stressed like they're dealing with so much like I, I don't I'm sure you're very in tune yes. that way too and it's like it's such a strong thing and it's for a while I was like oh I'm just in my head or I'm like thinking about other people too much but it's not I think you know being an empath is something that all of us are you know unless we have some sort of I think what is it a sociopath doesn't have yeah, that capacity or, like, or psychopathic. yeah, yeah you're something a like piece that of your brain yeah, yeah. Unless you're unless you're missing that piece of your brain, like everyone has the ability to build that skill. And I think that's what's so beautiful about a spiritual awakening is that intuition, you know, being an empath, um, being in tune with your angels, your guides. Like these are all skills that are innately given to us. And they're, I think, a birthright for all of us. And so it's kind of up to us to um, have the courage to explore them, even though it might be a little bit scary. Yeah, yeah, it, it takes a lot of courage, but it takes a lot of courage in general, just to be able to listen and show up for yourself, no matter what that looks like, you know, it's, that's a very difficult thing to do, because a lot of us are not taught to do that. Yeah, it's very difficult, especially in school, you know, they don't teach you to reflect or meditate or sit with yourself or understand your tendencies and your patterns. Like, 
None of that is taught. And I feel like the world would be a very different place if, you know, in kindergarten they taught us to meditate. They taught us, you know, to ask for signs and to to journal and to visualize. I think the world would be such a different place. But um, I mean, it's a shame that obviously the system is that way. But, you know, as life goes on, if you have the courage to do it, you know, it's really hard to sit with yourself. It's 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 not easy work at all. And that's the other thing, too, is I think a lot of people kind of paint the picture of a spiritual awakening as like, oh, it's all rainbows and flowers and I'm positive vibes all the time and I never think a bad thought like and it's so opposite from that. Like it's it's hard and it's scary, especially at first. Like it usually involves a, a real breakdown of what you've known to be normal and what you've kind of been led to believe your whole life to then lead you to the to the point of like waking up yeah that's very true yeah it's it's definitely not all sunshine and rainbows it's yeah. definitely not it has not been in my experience i actually don't know anyone who's ever had a spiritual awakening that felt like it was easy or like sunshine yeah. and rainbows yeah i don't <laughs> i yeah. also know um i know for me too like i felt really alone at first I don't know if you experienced that too, but I was like, well, I don't really feel like I can relate to people the same way. And like the things that I want to talk about, people aren't going to be interested in. That was a big thing for me too, is like, I want to have conversations about like star seeds and other dimensions and all this stuff. And everybody's talking about like what purse they want to buy. Like, I'm like, I can't relate to people the same way. Um, So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like kind of going through those early stages, I think it's very normal to feel alone, but know that you're definitely not alone because there's so many people out there that have also kind of shared that experience yeah you're you're definitely not alone and and I struggled with that a lot and I think everyone who goes through like a spiritual awakening probably feels like that on some level at some point but I also have noticed too with you know being younger like you and I are are both really young to have these types of experiences and and become awakened at a younger age. And I think that really also plays a role in that feeling of like you're alone because you feel like the other people who are around you that are your same age aren't asking the same kind of questions or they're not focused on like personal development and self-improvement and maybe the way that you're starting to focus on it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's such a good point. And yeah, even the age thing, too, I think is is something that's overlooked, because especially within the last few years, I've noticed so many young people going through a spiritual awakening, which is is awesome. And it's it's really funny because I think even in my parents generation and, you know, like the 80s, the 90s, that was really that was not commonplace at all for people, you know, in their young 20s to be going through that. Yeah, it wasn't. And I've noticed so many young people are having them right now. And I don't know, I feel like that's kind of, it shows a lot about the potential of how things can progress in the future in like a really positive way too. like, if we're all so young now, and we're this in tune, like imagine where we're going to be in like 50 years, you know, how much better the world can be. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good point. You know, it's like, like I said earlier, like we are the future. And it's like, if there's so many of us now, and then, you know, people, people share their experiences too, like you and I together, you opening up on here, like the more people that hear that, the more people that start to say, hmm, maybe, maybe why have I been doing this all along? And then that kind of trickles down and um, it becomes this like really awesome, just movement of people tapping into their potential. And um, 
Yeah, I like to look at it on the bright side. I really do, because I feel like with with so many people kind of waking up to their truth now um, that that's that's going to pave a really good way for the future, I think. Yes, I think so, too. And, you know, you inspire people just by like showing up and being yourself and you inspire people that you don't even know you're inspiring. And I always say this like to my clients as well, whenever they feel like they're not making a big enough impact in the world you know anytime when you are able to like show up as yourself people are noticing that there are people who are really inspired by that energy and i know all of us have kind of had that experience where someone in your life has done something really like amazing and it inspired you in some way or someone did something that you felt like really was helpful for you like maybe they just said something that you needed to hear that day but for whatever reason we just didn't thank them in that moment and it wasn't until later where we realized how much that experience had an impact on our lives and all of us are continually doing this all the time and we just don't realize it because the people aren't coming up to us telling us like oh my gosh this thing you said has stuck with me my whole life you know yeah that is such a good point you never especially with with what like you're doing online, you never know who you're impacting, who could be kind of hiding in the shadows, you know, still really resonating with what you're sharing. And um, yeah, you really never know who you're going to touch in that way. So that's the other thing is like a big part of my awakening process has been leaning into myself. And, you know, for so long, for so much of my life, I was, I would try so hard to be somebody else or to fit in or to get people to like me. And it was almost like once I got rid of that and once I sort of let that go, then I was able to actually find people that respected me and good friends and, you know, people that valued me for who I am rather than feeling like I had to fit some kind of box. So, you know, your authenticity is your superpower. I've said that before. And I think that everyone, you know, whatever it is that makes you unique, whatever it is that sets you apart, that sets your soul on fire, that's what you're meant to be doing. And you should be sharing that, not trying to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that more people were taught that at a younger age because it's so true. And it's like you, like you've said, you know, we are the generation who can change everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So would you have any kind of tips or advice that you would give to somebody who's maybe going through the spiritual awakening now that's maybe feeling alone, feeling kind of overwhelmed by it all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first thing is just to remember, like you are not alone in this. There are other people in the world who are going through either the same thing or something very similar to what you are being challenged with at this exact moment and know that you can always access your intuition. You can always drop down and ask for guidance from whatever you feel like will be most helpful for you, whether that's like from God, universe, angels, spirit guides, or people who are in your everyday life. You know, I noticed that throughout my awakening phase and my moments where I felt the most alone, even the people who are around me, who I know were not on that kind of journey, I was still surprised when I started to open up about certain spiritual experiences that I was having with the people around me. And it surprised me seeing how many people actually understood what I was going through, who still accepted me and and loved me for who I was, even though they maybe hadn't gone through like an awakening or I know that they're not kind of like at that point of being open to those things either. So 
if you feel called to share your voice, share your truth, definitely do that. Yeah, my little. (laughs) That's okay. But um, yeah, share your truth, share your truth, because it really does inspire people and it'll help sharing it as well, because it's a way that you're able to show up as your authentic self. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And you never know who has shared that experience, but maybe they've been like afraid to speak about it or haven't had the courage to open up about it themselves. You know, that's such an easy way to connect to people. And you'd be shocked, like you said, of who who would understand you and also who's still going to support you. Like, don't get out of your head. Don't think that, you know, people are going to say, oh, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because of that. Like, you know, have faith. Yeah. yeah, people will love you. The people who are in your life are in your life for a reason. So I believe that our souls choose the experiences that we're going to have when we come here. And I also believe that we choose the people who are going to be in our lives at certain times. We just don't consciously remember doing that and know that if what I just said resonates with you, then that also means that there are currently people in your life too, or a person who was going to understand what you're going through because you two signed up to be here at this exact time for you to share that experience with them. Yeah. I think that's a great point. (laughs) Yeah. That always happens with my little earbuds too. But um, to kind of go off of what you said, it's like forgetting who you are so that you can then remember who you are. I, I feel the same thing. You know, that's the whole tangent of soul contracts, but I do think to a large extent we kind of choose our experiences, whether we remember it or not. But um, yeah, like you said, and also use social media to your advantage too. Like you can reach out to me. I'm sure you can reach out to Bianca too. Like connect with us. We get it, Um, which is a great chance here. Plug yourself. Like where can people find you if they want to, you know, maybe work with you? Yes. So the best way to connect with me is to text me. So you can text me at 267-754-5585. Um, this is like the best way to get in contact with me. I can respond to you directly if you're having any challenges with anything. We can set up a phone call to talk if you just like need some support, even if you're not interested in coaching. I love connecting with people and just helping to guide and support them through the experiences that they're having, whether they're clients or not. So definitely reach out to me. And also... I have a podcast called All for the Dreamers on Apple Podcasts, and I always post on there and I talk about these things that we've been talking about on this episode. So there's a lot of different kinds of episodes and healing sessions and things that I do on there, too, that can help as like a support for you if you're feeling alone. Yeah, sounds like you got tons of awesome, you know, resources and free resources, too, if you don't want to, you know, do coaching, which is Awesome. I'll have to check out your podcast too. I know you just kind of launched that. So I'm excited to check that out. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Bianca, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. I'm like, I love hearing people's stories of like what you had when you were a child too, with your experiences. Like I, I'm so fascinated by that kind of stuff. So it was awesome, you know, being able to chat with you about all this. Thank you so much for having me on here. It was fun. 